Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to a special bonus episode of Red Shirts and Runabouts. I am your host, Derek, and I have our returning special recurring guest with me, Ray. Bonus Ray! Bonus Ray. I like it. Bonus Ray. <laughs> bonus Ray. Um, so if you don't know already, Greg and I released an episode earlier this week, our episode 80, and it was prepping for Picard's season four episodes. We talked the best of both worlds, family, the drumhead, some other stuff. So go check that out. Um, and today we are here to talk about the Short Treks episode, Ask Not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's season two, Short Treks, Ask Not. It's the Captain Pike episode, so to speak. Um, so there will be plenty of spoilers about that. But before we do that, a piece of news broke that I thought would be interesting for us to, to talk about. And that is Paramount has signed on a writer and director for Star Trek Fourteen. They always call it Star Trek Four, but it's actually Star Trek Fourteen for those counting at home. Um, but uh, it would be the the fourth Kelvin timeline film, and so they have apparently finalized talks with Noah Hawley, who um, is not like a household name necessarily, but he has been um, in charge of Legion, which was the kind of X Men universe show that um, got very good reviews people the really dan liked stevens it. yes vehicle right um and then he also has been um wearing a lot a lot of hats on the fargo tv series which also is critically acclaimed he's been a writer he's been a director he's been a producer he uh has also been the showrunner for fargo so um this current season that they're currently producing actually um, is that the current one? The current one that's currently being produced currently uh, is um, bringing in uh, Chris Rock to the show, which is kind of cool. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Which it's been I a while know. since he did something serious. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to check out the show. I always liked the Fargo movie. Really? I like Chris like, Rock. Chris Rock is the actor that brings you into the Fargo anthology series, not Martin Freeman or like. I didn't know Martin Freeman was in it. Yeah. So that's. He was in season two. He was. OK. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So. Yeah. OK. Well, that, that's interesting. Um, so 
anyway, I know your perspective on this will be very different from mine, but do you have any thoughts about this move by Paramount? At the moment, no. It's just, you know, patient optimism, I guess. So far, I've enjoyed most of the Kelvin films. I have absolutely adored the casting, and I want to see more out of it. I am absolutely heartbroken about Anton Yelchin, so losing this cast checkoff is going to be pretty sad, especially since I feel like they utilized him better than the original series did. Um, It it would be cool because, you know, we've always wanted some redemption for Carol Marcus as well as the chance to see Nurse Chapel. So there are some opportunities here. There's some more stories to tell, I feel, because Star Trek is one of those... uh, franchises where age isn't really a factor they can be just as old as they want to they're still mm-hmm. the same characters so I do love that I don't know much about Holly's work so uh, you know like I said patiently optimistic if it goes through it goes through I honestly just don't ever want to see the Tarantino Star Trek you know so that's not what this is and I'm okay with it <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm more surprised that Paramount right. is doing this because, A, I thought it was going to be Tarantino's film that we would get next anyway. And, B, Chris Pine supposedly didn't want to come back because they couldn't. They asked him to take a pay cut for a fourth film, and he didn't want to do that. And so that's why the... Well, he got a pay increase on Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. But the original plan was to have a Kirk and Kirk movie where yeah. Chris uh, Hemsworth was going to come back. James and George. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be time travel involved or alternate mm-hmm. timelines or something. And so that sounded really neat. Now I don't know if they're going to continue going that direction with a brand new writer director. Um, I'm actually okay if they don't do that. Like, how dare you? <laughs> like, you know, I love the Chris's and you know, all the Chris bringing them on screen together. Hemsworth and Pine would be like, just, you know, here's my money. But at the same time, there's a lot of other characters. So if they, they told some other stories, I'm not going to be upset. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just kind of surprised that they're moving forward with mm-hmm. it. Um, he does have a Holly has a pretty good background. He's worked with a lot of A-list actors and high profile um, productions. So it's a good thing. I'm disappointed it's not justin lynn because i thought beyond was really fantastic and same here um having justin lynn direct it and simon Pegg co-write it i just thought was a great decision um but i you know i know it didn't do as well at the the box office so they're probably going to go a different route um okay so that is that i don't think we have any other star trek news that broke between when greg and i recorded on sunday Mm -hmm. and today no um so, okay, so let's move into Ask Not. Um, this is your spoiler warning for the Short Treks episode, um, and we're going to dive into it. So, Ask Not. It is the shortest of the Short Treks so far. They're clocking in at under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you... Well, what are your initial thoughts? This is the first one I haven't really liked. Ooh, okay. We've watched it twice, and my feelings didn't change. I I was hoping that they would, but they didn't. It's just, this one's not for me. Okay, okay. What, is there a particular 
are, are there a- particular aspects of it that aren't for you or is yes. it just a general? Okay. I think the overall putting this person in a simulation where she believes that her husband's life is in danger, her life is in danger, and her captain or a captain that she wants to work for has betrayed uh, Starfleet is it's cruel. And I know he explains it. I know they justify it. And I know they make a joke out of it that just wasn't enough for me. Those throwaway lines at the very end and her employment on the Enterprise at the end didn't seem like compensation enough for what they just put her through. Now, I've never been through any sort of military training, so I don't know what they do to prepare you in these situations or if there's no real preparation and, you know, your medal is tested no matter what. So I don't know if actual soldiers have to go through something like this. I'm not going to pretend that I do. However, it's just not for me. Fair enough. Um, I think it's kind of messed up too. It doesn't make me dislike the episode because um, I, I thought it was well acted and well written and, and everything, but um, it is a weird concept that if we put the moral ethical dilemma aside for a moment, I don't even know that it's practical. Right. They damaged part of that ship, like the well, simulation. Now, I don't know if it's easily repairable. It was probably a simulation why... room, kind of like the Kobayashi Maru or something like that that you see um, in Star Trek Two or Star Trek 2009. Um, but Well, once he stops it, once yeah. it says end of simulation, there's still damage in the background. So it's not like it was a hologram and she no, was. No, no. But it wasn't real equipment right it was fake equipment that's what to, we're yeah you know i mean that's what i was assuming as well but whatever they did they they damaged something yeah i mean my, my issue with the practicality of it isn't that as much as the time it would take to plan and execute this for mm-hmm. some percentage of the crew like i get that the idea here is that her connection to her husband on the bowman and their connection to the you know having re- uh, feelings of revenge towards the tholians and her wish to serve on the Enterprise under Pike is a very complex set of motivations. Right. Right. But I don't, where do you draw that line? Right. What what how do you determine who you test with that type of simulation and who you don't test? I assume Spock, for example, probably didn't get a simulation like that. Right. But did he get some kind of simulation because he's half Vulcan and passed up the science Vulcan Science Academy to join the Starfleet. That's a very good point. Is it okay for number one just to kind of mentally break down each and every crew member? For one, uh, I was going to say something else. I've completely blanked on that. So my, my, my thing here is that like I appreciate that she can think through that process. I think it's important for the first officer who's really at the end of the day in charge of personnel to understand the possible rogue elements of her crew. Mm -hmm. But to then enact that into a simulation, that's where it starts to fall apart for me because, you know, it just seems, it just seems very impractical to do that. And this, this person is going to be a cadet in engineering for one semester She's not an officer on the ship. She's not staying there for an extended period of time. She's in the academy still. Right. 
so it's just a little confusing for me that they yeah. would put through those types of resources for a cadet for a semester. You know, um, maybe it's just the Enterprise because it's one of the it's the flagship okay. sort of. So it's the flagship. But at this point, it's not supposed to be at the front line. Pike made multiple comments about how the Enterprise was kept away from the Klingon well, war. We don't know when this takes place, because if we use his hair as our only real time thing like so we know this episode takes place after q a because spock's already on the crew right and yes right so we know it's after q a but we don't know if it's prior to i think it has to be season after two discovery. discovery i think it right. has to be after that and the only reason to think that is a the enterprise is back they're not off somewhere on their five-year mission they're they're you know closer to earth because they right. can have cadets on a star base um and he has the more gray hair, which we saw him get throughout the season. Whereas in the beginning, when we first you know, yeah. introduced to him, it's pretty brown. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's how I'm timing it. So I think this has okay, to be after season two. I think that's a two. fair marker. So, so that part doesn't really bother me. But the Enterprise is one of 12 Constitution class starships, approximately, assuming that they line that up with the original series. Um, so it is the biggest bestest ship that the starfleet has maybe they're more protective of the temporary officers who join those ships um and it's just them that do this okay can you imagine staffing of anything of importance anything ethical moral that needs to be taken into consideration police officers fire um workers and firefighters um anything with medical like and you get an application you're like i'm going to test them first and it's going to be a true test of their morals and ethics and we'll see if they can put their job above their loved ones like well there's a little bit more dedication to starfleet than there is to a normal career but i think a lot of that is they have to go through academy training to like know those regulations that they're spouting back and forth right you couldn't put somebody through those types of questions if they haven't been to the academy at all right because a a regular civilian wouldn't know all of that stuff but also we're not really dealing with regular civilians even in my field uh, like in my examples everybody has like a school to go to prior for the most part but you wouldn't know those regulations like if you you graduated high school and you decide I'm going to be a police officer. You still go right? to like a police academy. A police I thought you were talking training. about before that. No. Like when you, you said when they apply. Right. For like their residency or their their job or their next step. Like everybody. Okay. Like she's basically. Maybe I don't know your point. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. So I'm not talking about her applying to the Starfleet Academy. I'm talking about her putting in her application to come aboard an intern for engineering on, on the, the enterprise, enterprise. Okay. yeah that like number one is looking at her resume and she's like i'm gonna fuck with her yeah so like can you... i don't what's your question oh we went in a really roundabout way okay. but basically <laughs> i was if like you're say you're the the top person. You're the boss. Okay. And your second, your assistant came to you and said, I'm going to mess with our applications. 
Well, it's not our interviewees or like. I mean, I, I think you're. I think you might be boiling it down too much because, well, it's just your terminology. Because like, first off, number one's definitely nobody's assistant, right? She's she is in charge of all personnel on the Enterprise. That, no, right? I get it. There's just not many real world applications. No, of there a aren't. Second in a command like that, so. But, She's also not messing with them to mess with them. She's testing them in very strategic ways to te- to test their loyalty and how far they can push a person until they would break. But we those don't know policies. if she's testing multiple people. No, that that we that's, don't. That's, uh, that's a huge yeah. problem because if she just singled out this one person, that's crazy well, unethical. Right. I mean, the the only thing we have to go off of is the fact that her husband serves on a different ship, and they're both. They're, they're the sole survivors of an attack from a direct enemy of Starfleet and the mm-hmm. Federation, right? So my only thought is that must just be how they handle people in that circumstance, okay. right? If we go to war with the species that almost killed you and your husband's life is at risk, you know, what's your conflict of interest, right? Will you follow orders? Will you follow protocol? Or will you break that for a personal vendetta? And I think and that is rather specific. Maybe that's where I kind of draw the line. Maybe that's why this isn't for me. Because in the end, I think my vows to my husband have the priority. They're the hierarchy. And I would do whatever was in my power to save you over following orders it wouldn't be to like kill some tholians or anything like that like i wouldn't be going after for a revenge thing i'd be going after to make sure you were okay so i think that's that's my thing that's why i wouldn't be okay with this scenario i don't know that i could just rattle protocol well, yeah, I mean, I think that's just the difference between someone who's been through academy training. And right? someone who hasn't. Yeah. Right. Because by the time you get to her position, you know what's at stake. You know what you're agreeing to. Right. Right. You you know that your post is the most important part of your life at that point. Right. And I mean, an argument could be made that we have seen over the the years that lots of our high profile officers break those those things oh, and it's yeah, convenient. Um, but I think it would be important to know that your entry level officers who are just getting started understand what what that line is. Right. Yeah. And that if something does go rogue, that you can't just abandon your post for personal reasons. Mm. I think that would be that's that's kind of the point of the episode. Now, right. I don't know that it's okay that they do that the way they do it. Right. Right. I'm not sure that that's particularly ethical. It is kind of complicated. And I was very surprised that Pike would be the one to do it. You know, like it's one thing if number one comes up with it, but he still goes along with it. And he, all of his actions and his words are completely uncharacteristic. Like as soon as he started talking, I knew something was wrong because it was almost like a completely different Pike from season two of discovery but cadet sadu doesn't know that right right she doesn't know him personally she knows his 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 picture and well she she knows his accomplishments yeah Yeah. um and so that's very different right so we know because we've watched him for a full season and we really like him Mm -hmm. um and so he was really out of character for us but she doesn't know the difference 
So explain to me the difference between the Tholians and the Bullians, because the first time we watched this, I had trouble hearing. Okay, so the Bullians are, are the, the blue, blue guys with the line going uh, yes. down the middle of their heads. They are friendlies. They're part of the Federation. They're on starships. Okay. Um, I don't but they've know never when they joined the Federation. I can't remember the dates for that, but they're friendlies. Okay. The Tholians, on the other hand, um, are a very different species from us. They actually can't survive well in our type of atmosphere. They're basically like crystalline creatures in a way. Okay. Um, almost like diamond-like. Um, and they have very advanced technology and weaponry. So, um, uh, When did they get introduced? The original series. Okay. Yeah. So the writers... In the original series, decided to call two completely different races. No, Bullians are not in the original series. Oh, so Tholians are. Yeah. And Bullians come later. Yeah, Bullians come later. And somebody thought that was a good idea to name them that when we're creating names here and could have done anything <laughs> uh, else almost. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of species in Star Trek and some of them sound familiar and some of them don't. Um I think part of the, the thing is that, that there were decades in between the last time a Tholian showed up and the first time a Bolian shows up. And I don't think if you remembered what Tholians were, you weren't going to confuse them. And if you didn't, it didn't matter. They weren't thinking of <laughs> your poor wife trying to shove 50 years of Star Trek in her brain for her husband. Um, I mean, I suppose not. I suppose yeah. not. I don't know who came up with the name Bolian. I'm really so. the victim here. Clearly. Clearly. Um, anyway right so um other aspects to the episode there's not a whole lot in here i thought no. that uh, the ship looked amazing just the the transporter room and then engineering looked so cool so engineering has actually created some controversy people oh don't don't they think it's it's too large for the ship I mean, yeah, it probably is. Um, I, that crossed my mind once or twice. So the engine room's kind of complicated for this particular enterprise, if we're talking about the original N NCC-1701 enterprise, because there have now been three, four, five. This is the sixth. No, we'll call it the fifth version of the of the um, engine room for the enterprise prior to the movie refit. Mm -hmm. we, won't, we won't count the refit. So pre-refit. We had uh, two different versions in the original series, then a new one in the animated series, the one in the Kelvin films, and now this one. And um, this one certainly seems to be the largest, even though the one in the Kelvin movies is pretty large, too. Um, fun fact, that's the Budweiser plant in St. Louis, <laughs> for, right. for those who don't know. I have been there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this one just seemed even larger, and... Um, I've kind of been trained in Star Trek in general to like look for a warp core somewhere. Uh, and there just isn't really something that's particularly definable Warpy. there. Um, Warpy Corey. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with them not really having the budget to build a full set for engineering. We haven't actually seen the engineering set, you know, on Enterprise. So. Most of these short tracks have one, maybe two locations if you guys have been paying attention because the majority of the story and the development is all done with dialogue. Well, and, and a lot of the sets are just reused, right? Mm -hmm. Like the transporter room, the turbo lift, and the bridge are just reused over and over again, mm -hmm. um, which is fine, right? No, but it's wonderful. It just means they're trying to keep those budgets tight. And so they built yeah. this one room. Right. For this this set and everything else was just reused. Yeah. And so the a bridge, was, the uh, engineering was just a digital background. Right. So um, 
any any other aspects to the episode that you want to talk about? I mean, I like Cadet Sadu. I was kind of hoping we we would see more of her. Of course, that would require us to get a. I mean, if we get enterprise focused show, yeah, yeah. If we get a Pike show, then uh, Cadet Sadu could be a full staff yeah. member at that time, or you know, and they can start bringing on an overlap. Some of the other TOS. Give us a Pike show. Do it. It would be really cool. Yeah. It really would. I would watch like, the hell out of that. Yeah. The cast is just great. Like, even just the three of them, Pike's uh, number one and Spock are just phenomenal. All, right. all three of them are just great. And so the casting was pretty really spot, spot on. on for them, you know. And they all had difficult shoes to fill. You know, people all have opinions, uh, you know, but um, they did a good job. Yeah. Um, okay, so we did get a first look at the December short tracks, which are animated. There's two of them. There's the, Ephraim and Dot, mm-hmm. and there's the girl who made the stars. Right, and these will be the first officially released animated Star Trek since 1974. It's clearly a bridge to their other cartoons that they're working on. Now, I'm not saying it's the exact animation that we're going to see or from the same teams. It's just to get you in the zone, in the mood for more animated Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, the, the animation style in Ephraim and Dot didn't look dissimilar from what they might use That's in fair. Lower Decks. Um, the girl who made the stars, it's a little tough to tell. It looked a little more three-dimensional, and it so did. that might be closer to what Nickelodeon's going to use for its show. Because they did say that Nickelodeon's will be a CGI show. I assume that it means similar to, like, the Ninja Turtles. Right. Um, but do you have any thoughts on, on what those, the little short look that we got? Well, I am all for little shows about droids or robots or helper bots or whatever they're going to call them. He's a drone. Apparently I said droid once before it's, he's a drone. Okay. He's a repair drone. So I'm really, it's a repair drone. I'm excited. And it implies that there are two of them. And if they fall in love like they do in Wally, my heart is going to just jump out of my chest. So that's okay. So Ephraim and Dot, one of them is the drone, the other is the tardigrade that's shown in the show. If they fall in love, so. <laughs> I'm going to be even more excited. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it, like those are the two characters. I've been like, asking I, for like a tardigrade stuffed animal for months now, and <laughs> one has not appeared on my doorstep. So I believe Ephraim is the tardigrade and Dot is the drone. That's adorable. But they might, you know, flip the script on that. You yeah, know. who knows? That's adorable. Um, the girl who made the stars. I mean, the animation looks beautiful, but it I don't does. know enough about it. I know it's supposed to be based on a story that Michael Burnham tells um, earlier on in Discovery. But, oh, I love that. Um, I, well, I don't see. quite remember the details. Okay. So. Well, I'm excited to watch them both, and it should be fun to review them. Yeah, yeah. So there's two of those uh, next month, and we'll probably I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll we will review those in some capacity. So, um, all right. Anything else? No. Okay, well, so that's going to be it for this bonus episode. Uh, I we, we will be back normal time on Tuesday this coming week, right before Thanksgiving. Uh, Greg and I will be talking about prepping for Picard. This will be our season five episodes, um, which covers Darmok, which is a personal favorite of mine, and then the two-parter Unification. Um, so we'll be covering those. So watch those to catch up with prepping for Picard. And uh, Ray, if people want to reach out to you, how might they do so i am at siren ray on facebook instagram and twitter 
awesome. And that's S-I-R-Y-N-R-A-E. Yeah. And I, of course, am the Star Trek dude, so you can come talk to me about Star Trek or games or movies or whatever. You can find both of us together on the Screen Heroes podcast here on the Heroes Podcast Network. We do lots of fun stuff. This past week, we did our bad movie review of Batman and Robin, the 1997 film, and we've got more stuff planned. Um, that was the avengers yeah it started out batman and then turned into the avengers really quick sorry (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so you can uh, catch us over there and uh, we of course are red shirts and runabouts you can find us at red shirts pod on twitter you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts spotify spreaker google play i get to be the runabout okay you're the red shirt okay that's fine (laughs) Uh, find us at heroespodcasts.com thanks for joining us we'll catch you next time